This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Aaron out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. He's in! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovich, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor wide receiver Bill Brooks. Bill, today we are breaking down the Colts' 34-14 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. A game that, you know, Shane Steichen said in his post-game press conference, it was kind of an avalanche of mistakes and just kind of a you know, one of those games where it just kind of snowballed out of control and all three phases had their issues, had their miscues, and the Colts, their four-game losing streak, Bill, comes to an end on Sunday in Cincinnati. Yeah, it was sad that the streak came to an end, but uh, when you go out and play games in which you uh, make some penalties, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, it it just makes it tough to win football games. You know, you had one penalty – Cincinnati had kicked a field goal. Taven Bryant gets a penalty uh, called against him as far as using leverage to try to Four. block a, block uh, the kick. And you know what? That gives him a first down, then they go and score. And then you get Quentin Nelson uh, gets a penalty, holding penalty, takes a touchdown away from the team, and, you know, um, that hurts them as well. So uh, when you have penalties that hurt you and uh, you make plays and you turn the ball over as well, it makes it very difficult to win football games. Now, I will say the, the Colts did at one point in this game, they did take advantage of a penalty. They had a three and out to begin their drive after that, the leverage penalty on Taven Bryan. So they go three and out, they're down 14, but Trey Hendrickson gets called for roughing the passer. It was a yes. very late hit on Gardner Mitchell. It was like, very it late. Was. And the Colts turned that into a 17 play, 79 yard drive that ended with the uh, the touchdown to Moelai Cox. Yes. But then after it, Matt Gay misses the PAT. Bill, mm-hmm. that's Matt Gay's first PAT miss this season and only his third PAT miss in his last 127 attempts. So, like, maybe that should have been a sign. Okay, some, like, weird stuff is going <laughs> on in this game. The Colts then, they go tie it. Jake Browning's pass goes off the hand of Tanner Hudson Intercepted mm-hmm. by Ronnie Harrison, ran back for a touchdown. It's 14-14. Uh, Gardner Minshew hits Michael Pittman Jr. for the two-point conversion to get it tied before halftime. And now you're thinking, okay, not the best half, but you know what? Stayed in the game, and maybe it can be a little bit different coming out of halftime. This didn't, Bill, this wasn't the end of the game, but it it kind of got the ball rolling. In the second half, Cincinnati on their second play, Jake Browning finds T. Higgins for 26 yards. The next play, Jamar Chase for 14 yards. The next play, Joe Mixon goes off tackle to the left for 18 yards. Then uh, Jake Browning scrambles for two yards. Then he finds Tanner Hudson on a slant route for an 11-yard touchdown. And just like that, took the Bengals under three and a half minutes to go up 21-14 coming out of the half. Did that just kind of – that kind of took some wind out of the sails, Bill? Do you feel like just that opening driver since he – it wasn't just that – they scored it was that they got explosive play explosive play explosive play on that drive 
Exactly. That that's what it was. I mean, they got some big players in that drive. Um, as you mentioned, T. Higgins gets a nice game there for 26 yards. And you know what? They got into the red zone, Cincinnati. They scored. I think that was that made them two for two in the red zone at that point, going against the Colts. And then when the Colts got the ball back, they only had the ball for five plays. And then it went 13 yards. Mm-hmm. Then they had yeah. to punt and give it back to Cincinnati again. And then Cincinnati gets the ball back. And then they go 11 plays for 71 yards and score another touchdown. So they go up 28 to 14 right there um, after three possessions, two by the Bengals, one by the Colts. And I think that was the turning point of the game. You know, starting on that first drive that you mentioned, um, that kind of, I don't want to say doomed the Colts, but it Cincinnati bounced back. They came back from um, – you know, giving up a 14-point lead, and the Colts did a nice job coming back before halftime, um, tying the game up. But then Cincinnati just turned around the second half, and after that, going up 28-14, that pretty much was the game right there. The game was pretty much over at that point, and the Colts just never could rebound from that. You go up 28-14, kind of the, the, the way that that drive got sprung was Jake Browning finding T. Higgins for a 46-yard gain. So that was the Bengals' third passing play of 40 or more yards in the game. Their third just play in general. The Colts Mm -hmm. entered week 14, having allowed only five plays of 40 or more yards on defense the entire season. And since he got three in this game. And Bill, two of those were on screens. And those are both in the first half. One went to Chase Brown for a 54-yard touchdown to open the scoring. The other was to Joe Mixon for a gain of 45 and two, two, two part question for you, Bill. First, like how does, how does the, how does the screen game attack a Colts defense that entered this game second in sacks just in those, those individual plays, but then over the course of a whole game, how does that impact the pass rush? How does that slow down a pass rush? Even if you're not calling the screens on those plays. Well, I mean, if you, if you call a screen on the plays, basically what it, what it does is it kind of neutralizes the pass rush because, you know, they, they're they trying to get to the quarterback and they actually let the, you know, let the defensive line in, but you kind of give it an easier path to the defensive line to get to the quarterback. The quarterback's going to get the ball out. And then, of course, the, the back or whoever the screen is going to have some blockers out there in front of them. And once you get those offensive linemen out there to block some of the guys out there that are a little smaller and, and can't, uh, can't, you know, hold up against those big offensive linemen and you get a big run like that with those backs with the speed and the talent that they have um, and make those big plays. It puts something in the back of your mind, especially a defensive lineman as well. You know what? Maybe we can't rush the, the quarterback as much. We have to maybe hold off so we can hopefully stop these screens because those are big explosive plays that the Bengals got there against the Colts. And, um, you know, it kind of, kind of slowed down the pass rush a a little bit Mm -hmm. against the Colts. So they had to be aware of that. So that's how it affects a pass rush. And when those big plays like that happen on a screen, um, get the ball into those guys' hands that have some talent and the the, uh, big playmakers out there, it makes it difficult, first of all, to stop them. And then later on in the game, and it puts something in the back of the mind of the defensive players that, you know what, maybe we can't rush the passer as as hard as we need to um, because if they hit a screen again, it's going to be a big explosive play. So give credit for the Cincinnati Bengals for, or, you know, running those plays and, and make those plays work against the Colts. The Colts got pressure on Jake Browning on eight 
of his 28 dropbacks in this game. Mm-hmm. And th- but th- they only got one sack. And that just and was that sack actually I I made literally made a note to go back and check. Hey, was that nullified? Yes, that was the sack that was nullified. Nullified, yeah. Uh, that Kenny Kenny had. So they didn't even actually technically record a sack in this game. Mm-hmm. And that just for a defense that had been so good at getting after opposing quarterbacks since he just came out and they seem to have a really good game plan for how to attack this Colts defense. And, you know, DeForest Buckner after the game, uh, he said, we opened Pandora's box today for sure with the screen game. That was his exact (laughs) quote, Uh, like essentially acknowledging, okay, teams are going to run this on us now. Like we need to be more ready for it because we got gashed twice Two screens went for 99 yards in this game, including a touchdown. So now we got to be ready for it. And now we need to figure out a solution to how can we still be an attacking front that wants to penetrate and get upfield while also being disciplined enough to not get gashed on screens. Yeah, you know, this is a copycat league. And you know, there's teams that want to play the Colts have been looking, will be looking at this film and seeing how the Cincinnati Bengals uh, execute those screens and, trying to copy what they did so they can hopefully slow down the Colts pass rush because lately the Colts pass rush has been getting to the quarterbacks and getting sacks and putting pressure on the quarterback and and causing havoc for uh, opposing offenses. So um, you'll see a lot of teams probably try to mimic what the Cincinnati Bengals did today. And, you know, the Colts are going to have to find a way to hopefully slow that down uh, for other teams that try to run those screens and, uh, right against the Colts because I think that's part of the Colts' uh, defense is, of course, um, making the big plays, getting to the quarterback, sacking the quarterback, getting some pressure on the quarterback, not only just to disrupt the offenses, but also to help the guys in the back end of the Colts' secondary. Just a, a real quick thing on the defense before we move on over to the offense. Like It, it felt early, like since he was getting some push in the run game, mm-hmm. but you do kind of look at the la- the final box score and Grover Stewart was back and the Bengals averaged 3.5 yards per carry. That's like right in line with what the Colts were holding their opponents to before Grover Stewart uh, missed those six games due to the suspension. So run defense, probably you come out feeling okay about it, but not great just in, in that Cincinnati was able to kind of dictate some stuff early on. It, it felt like with their run game, even to maybe the numbers, didn't bear it out. Bill, the flip side to that, Zach Moss runs 13 times for 28 yards, an average of 2.2 yards per carry. There's now two consecutive weeks that Moss has struggled to run the football without Jonathan Taylor back there. Taylor uh, having that thumb injury that required surgery. But yeah, Zach Moss, now two straight weeks that he has been under three yards per carry. Does this concern you at all, like like long term for the rest of the season, or could this be a a little two week blip and the Colts can figure something out to get Moss back to being the guy he was in September and October? JJ, I'm gonna say I hope it's a two week blip um, that they can figure this out and and get something going with the running game um, with Zach Moss or not knowing when JT is going to come back, and because if they don't just basically makes the Colts one-dimensional. I mean, yeah. you know, it makes it one-dimensional and, and they'll have to throw the ball to move the ball down the field. And we've all, we talk about this ourselves that, 
you know what the, the Colts want to make other teams one dimensional because then you know what they're doing and you just could kind of scheme up your defense to stop that um that offense and if the Colts become one dimensional then it's you know it's, it's Gardner Mitchell getting back there throwing the ball and just throwing the ball all over the, all over the place to try to move the ball down the field to score some points and you don't want to do that you want to keep teams off balance defenses off balance so I'm hoping that the Colts can figure something out here that to get this running game going and Hopefully, if you could get their running game going and set up some other things for you down the road as far as the play-action pass, uh, set up some big plays. Hopefully, as we saw last week, we got some big plays down the field with Alec Pierce. And if you can continue to do that, of course, it opens up the offense to do a lot of different things and keep teams off balance and make things easier for the players to make plays where Shane can put them in position to make some big plays. So hopefully, the Colts can figure something out where they can – get some more yardage and some more effective yardage, I should say, uh, with the running game. So 10 of Zach Moss, 15 carries in this game, uh, or excuse me, 10 of his 13 carries in this game went for three or fewer yards. Bill, mm-hmm. if you take out the one to three yards, um, this is probably the most concerning thing to me. Six of his carries went for negative yardage or zero yards. Yeah. And that's just that that's really hard to sustain in in today's NFL when, you know, there were a number of times where it felt like they handed it off on first and 10 or second and 10. And then you're looking at second and 11 or second and 12 or second and 10 again. And that's just no way to stay on schedule as an offense. And, And when we talk about you becoming one dimensional, it forces you. In those situations, now you're in passing downs all the time. Yes. Yeah. And obvious passing downs. And Lou Anarumo knew that. And uh, the Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, he, he, you could tell he was pretty geared up to get some stuff out there. Um, you know, they, they looked like since he played a lot of too high, I don't have the numbers yep. in front of me and how much they did, but it was a lot of too high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third down, they were running some funky coverages. I thought Gardner Minshew actually played a pretty good game. Like, I, all things considered, uh, where the Colts only score 14 points. Like, I think Gardner actually played pretty okay in this game. Uh, just given what, since he was able to do, but he didn't have a run game. So that's always going to kind of mute your production if you have a run game that is averaging, you know, again, 2.2 yards per carry to your prime running back who can only get it 13 times because you just aren't really able to get that run game going. Yeah, when you're not able to get that run game going and, you're playing from behind late in the game. Um, like I said, they went up 28-14. It makes it tough to run the ball. You're not going to run the ball because you're trying to catch up and get some points and get some points on the board. And when, uh, for the most part, the third quarter, Cincinnati just dominated the game right there. And that's when, that's when they went up 28-14. to makes it very difficult now going forward from there to say, okay, we're, gonna, we're still going to run the ball and try to run effectively, even though we haven't been successful earlier in the game. And it makes it difficult to try to run the ball because you're trying to catch up and you need to catch up. And then you become one dimensional and you pass the ball. And a lot of times, you know, you're not successful that in doing that. Or the defense says, you know what, let's pin our ears back and let's get after the quarterback, put some pressure on him. So it makes it very difficult to move the ball. It makes it difficult to score points. Um, so it is concerning. And just like you said, when we're on first and second down, when it's, you know, first down is, is zero game uh, of yardage, running the ball, 
second and 10, and it makes it very difficult to get into those ideal situations on third down, third and three, third and four. Um, so it's very difficult to put yourself in that situation when you're not successful on first and second down. A pretty, you know, the the game ceiling sequence for the the Colts in this game was they they force a punt on the set their second straight possession. So you're thinking, all right, like maybe we've got maybe we've got something here. And on that punt, Isaiah McKenzie gets run into by Amir Speed, muffs it. Since he recovers it at their own 12, they kick a field goal to go up by by 17 points. And then on the ensuing possession, the Colts get down. It looks like they scored a touchdown on a Zach Moss run, like a real quick strike drive. And Quentin Nelson gets called for holding on the play. I I don't know if I totally saw yeah. the hold <laughs> on it. Um, I, I also, just as a quick aside, like I don't love criticizing officials on this because like usually that stuff evens out over the course of the season. Like you're going to get some bad calls assessed to you and you're going to get some bad calls assessed to your opponent. Um, but sometimes you're just like, yeah, yeah, is that really holding? Um, <laughs> but then, so then a couple plays later, Gardner Minshew gets pressured. He throws what winds up getting called an interception. Um, ball kind of flat flips out of his hand. BJ Hill, the defensive tackle intercepts it pretty much game over at that point. Bengals yep. go on to win by 20. That is the Colts largest margin of defeat this season. Yeah, it makes it tough. Like I said, you know, that that play in regards to um, the muff punt, you know, and I don't know, it was miscommunication. I don't know if there was any communication there, um, what happened, but I know usually if when I played, when I was going to uh, fair catch any punt, I would always yell Peter. And that means, mm-hmm. you know, tells other guys that it's a short punt, but to get away, get away, get away, get out of bounds. If you can get, run out of bounds, get away. And I did that for myself so I have less people in front of me or less people around me to make the catch a little bit easier. I know the opposing team is going to get in my face, but I didn't want one of my guys blocking and having another guy in my face or around me uh, so I can make the hopefully make the fair catch cleanly. And so I don't know what happened there. So um, that was something that was unfortunate um, to happen. And then, you know what, then you have a holding penalty <laughs> that uh, – hurt the Colts uh, from not scoring mm-hmm. as well, uh, taking a touchdown off the board. So, you know, it makes it tough. And uh, that was a, a sequence that was just tough for the Colts. And when you, like I say, when you have penalties like that and you have uh, uh, penalties and miscues like that, it makes it difficult to win football games, difficult to score points, difficult to move the ball down the field. And it's just, and it just deflates you as a, as a team uh, seeing things like that happen, but the Colts are gonna have to bounce back from it. Uh, you know, have four games left and have to bounce back from this game is tough. Makes it very difficult to go forward. But you know what? You got four games left. You still are in the hunt of making the playoffs, and you need to just kind of learn from this game, flush it out of your system, and get ready for this stretch here of four games to um, hopefully make that push to the playoffs. Well, the Colts are not only in the hunt build, they still have the seventh yeah. seed, yeah. amazingly, um, yeah. <laughs> because there are six teams in the AFC with a seven and six record after today's results uh, and this week's results. So the Cleveland Browns 
they go and beat the Jaguars. That is probably the biggest result in the AFC wildcard race to date, where they now are cemented at eight and five as the five seed. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who lost to the New England Patriots on Thursday night football, by the way, their second consecutive loss to a 10 loss team, they are sixth. The Colts are seventh. And if you're wondering Mm -hmm. how the Colts are seventh, right now, the Steelers have the, uh, (laughs) this doesn't even matter, but they have the tiebreaker over the Colts based on common games because Mm. both those teams have a five and four record in the AFC. It doesn't matter because the Colts play the Steelers next weekend. So that that'll get wiped out. But the Colts at five and four in the AFC, even with today's loss, currently have the tiebreaker over the Houston Texans, who are four and four, the yeah. Denver Broncos, who are four and five, five, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are three and six, and the Buffalo Bills, who are four and five in the AFC. So, like the Colts still control their own destiny. You beat the Steelers you're you're at least probably sixth because no one can catch you in um in the conference tiebreaker and then you would have the head to head over the Steelers and essentially with the the Colts have four games left Bill mm-hmm. and three of them are against AFC competition and two of them yep. are against direct competitors for a wild card spot so if you win if you beat Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Houston, Houston, you have a really good shot at making the playoffs. Regardless of what happens in that that Christmas Eve game against Atlanta, you have a really good shot at making the playoffs at 10 and 7 and holding tiebreakers. Maybe you don't have the head-to-head over Cleveland or Cincinnati, but if there's a situation where you have a bunch of teams bunched there at 10 and 7, conference record is going to matter. And if the Colts go, they win eight games in the conference. There is not another team, I believe, that could catch them. So that's a pretty good starting point for where the Colts could be in this playoff race. This game hurts. You don't want to lose it. But everything is still in the control of the Indianapolis Colts heading into week 15. Yeah, you are still in control. There's no doubt about that. And that's what you want. You want to be in control of your own destiny. That way you don't have to worry about other scores and while you're playing your game, kind of scoreboard watching and seeing what's happening every, everywhere else. If you just take care of your own business. So, you know, it's, it's great that you have that opportunity to control your own destiny. That's what you want. That's what every person wants pretty much in their life. They want to be able to control their own destiny. And now the players have this opportunity to get in the playoffs. You know, like I said, you're, you're in the hunt. What I mean is you have an opportunity to still do it, but you have to go out there and execute and do it. You have to go out and win these games. You have to win these next four games. Um, you know, definitely win the three AFC games that you have. And when, if you win those games, that put you in real, real good position, uh, I think, to get into the playoffs. So, you know what? The Colts, like I said, need to flush this out of the system. It was a loss to an AFC uh, conference opponent. You didn't want that to happen, but you still have a chance. And on this next game, on Saturday, um, coming up with the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be a big game uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. So it'll be interesting to see how the Colts bounce back um, and and approach this game. And you know what? Come out with hopefully come out with some energy and and you know make the P- Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. struggle a little bit because I think offensively they have been struggling this year. So the Colts can jump on them early. Uh, might make it difficult for Pittsburgh. 
A lot of big games upcoming in the AFC wildcard race, and the Colts are going to be right in the thick of it. It is a very blurry picture right now, one that probably won't come into focus <laughs> until week 18. But tell you what, it is, uh, it's better to be in it than not right now. And that's what yes, I'm firmly yes. On. Unfortunately, this today's game wasn't that much fun, but this is a fun time right now when you're talking about having an opportunity to get into the playoffs and be able to play some football and meaningful football and mid-January and, and, and hopefully later January, but definitely playing some meaningful football right now at the end of December and uh, hopefully getting into the playoffs. The, just real quick, the, the Colts didn't have the worst loss of a team in the playoff race. That would be the uh, Houston Texans today oh. who got blown out 30-6 to by the New York Jets, and C.J. Stroud left that game. Uh, I, I believe I didn't actually see what the injury was, um, but I did see I'm that he sure. left the game. See, this, mm -hmm. this is also the thing. Like, I see the score, and I'm like, oh, wow, how'd that happen? Uh, but I'm so locked into the Colts game being there covering it that I, <laughs> I missed what happened to CJ Stroud. So, you know, I'm sure if you are listening to this, you probably know what happened. So I don't need to, you know, tell you. If, if you didn't, then do like what I'm going to do when we're done recording, Bill, and that is Google what happened to CJ Stroud. <laughs> Yes, uh, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll all find out together. Uh, yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Bill and I will be back next weekend following the Colts Steelers game. We'll figure out if we can do that Saturday night, if we can squeeze that in late Saturday night or if we're going to tape that sometime on Sunday. But that will be out for you, you listeners sometime on Sunday. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Talk to you next week after the Colts play the Steelers.